Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Hello, hello, hello. In another episode, we already talked about emotions and feelings. In this one, we're going to talk about an emotion, fear. Fear is one of the six basics emotion. We have joy, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger, and fear. It's an emotion that will always be present in our lives because it is engraved in our DNA to protect us. It's very basic emotion. When we're faced with a threat, a fight or flight response is automatically triggered in the body. It's an emotion that we all have, regardless of our economic, cultural, origin, or race. But I think we have to talk more and more about it because nowadays it seems epidemic and we fear more and more things. We fear the beginnings, the endings, the changes. We fear to be stuck, failure. We have fear of death, living too well. We have fear of being seen. We have fear of not being seen. We have fear of showing ourselves. We have fear of being alone. And if we don't talk about a clear pathology, the inability to face a fear in most cases is not a psychological problem, but an educational problem. You have to re-educate your mind. As we mentioned and reminded you that we are emotional creatures that think and not intelligent creatures that feel, as Jim Volte says, everything gets filtered and colored by our emotions. Jim Volte has an amazing book that I really, really recommend. It's called Whole Brain, where she talks about integrating your four personalities, the left and right thinking characters and the left and right feeling characters. And it's so enlightening. Please read that book. It's truly amazing. Going back to fear, it's a fact of life rather than insurmountable barrier. We are born with very basic fears like falling, abandonment. Most of the rest we learn by example, by repetition, by information, or by trauma. We need to keep healthy and instinctive fears which keep us alert and avoid problems. Other fears that hold us back and that are destructive and that are due to wrong programming, we need to change those. If you see fear like an alarm, it's an alarm that tells us to pay attention. You won't fear having fear. It's just an alarm. And what you need to see is whether that alarm is programmed to the right things. Meaning, if you want to wake up at 6 a.m., you want to set an alarm that triggers at 6 a.m. So if the alarm sounds at 12 p.m., you're not going to get scared. You're just going to go, oh, that's the wrong alarm at this time of the day. So if we start shifting how we see fear, and it's just an alarm that it tells us, pay attention. You can see whether it makes sense at that moment, whether you need to really pay attention or whether it's an alarm that was triggered by something old that you forgot to turn off. Remember that in life, only two things can happen. Things go well or you learn. We constantly make three decisions in all areas of our lives. 
every single day. And that is, what do I focus on? Where do I put the focus of attention? What does it mean to me? What action am I going to take? Speaking of fear, we have to mention the comfort zone. What makes us leave our comfort zone? There are two reasons that move us to leave or expand our comfort zone. And one is when we hit rock bottom and there's no other choice. Or when someone or something inspires you about another place, another space, another situation that is much better in which you're not yet. This is very connected to having a growth mindset. And there are the two only reasons why you would move out or expand your comfort zone. But in the comfort zone, there is no growth. There is repetition. There is automatism. And what does not grow is static or dies. So in order to move out of our comfort zone, that actually sometimes can be very uncomfortable, not leaving but staying in the comfort zone. The word actually means, you know, being comfortable. But a lot of people are uncomfortable in that zone. But it's so familiar that they don't get out of it. In this area, we don't grow. Remember that. And growth is a basic need that we all have. So let's practice enlarging our comfort zone, expanding it by trying new things, learning new things, getting to know new people, doing things that give us a little fear, respect, things that we feel like it's hard. Just try new things to expand it either by a big jump or a big leap or by small increments. Going through fears will grow your comfort zone. And what we say to each other is also very important. Our narrative, you have to watch the ants, the automatic negative thoughts. Today, neuroscience shows that the conversation we have with ourselves affects the irrigation of our brain. There are internal conversations that are capable of reducing intelligence, memory, creativity, because these conversations generate an emotional state that is also reflected in a state of the brain and thus affects the functions. In conversation with other people, there's also the level of what the person says and what the person feels. It's important to watch what we say to each other and what we say to ourselves. It's not the same thing to say, this terrifies me, than saying, Ah, this is intriguing. Your body and your mind will not prepare the same way for what is coming with one thing, saying one thing, or saying another thing. So it's important to watch what you're saying to yourself. Observe your inner dialogue and also what you're listening to, what you're paying attention to, to other people, what other people are saying. Fear is a reflex system. There is a fear reflex system. And when faced with a threat, it gets activated. And this reflect system, this fear reflect system, you have to know that it's very, very generic. It doesn't care about specific targets. You can be afraid of anything. There are people who are afraid of the color yellow, which is called shantonophobia, fear of the blondes. <laughs> Caliginephobia, fear of the number 666, which is exaphobia. There is crematophobia or chrometaphobia, which is irrational fear of money. There is fear about everything. We can construct fears about every possible thing that you can imagine. So most of the fears are generated by memories or thoughts. They are generated in our mind. So this fear reflex system in the face of a threat is activated either by our thoughts, memories, or by something that has happened at the moment and our sensory system has transmitted that to us. 
and this activates this circuit and produces two types of results. The response to the threat with either fight, flight, or freeze, and also on the other hand, it affects a reward system related to motivation. And you have to remember that because some people get addicted to fear because there is a reward system. But the good news is that this system, this circuit, we have the possibility of imposing a top-down process. That is, our thinking mind can intervene, our neocortex can intervene in this reflex system to affect the response it has. We can argue about what fear feels like, but we can talk about the meaning that you give to that feeling and what you do from there. How is your reaction going to be? Is this part that we can transform, that we can change, the meaning that we give to it, which is going to have a different response? Remember that a big part of the system related to fear is in your memory. This system is designed to learn and memorize because it is designed to save you from everything that can kill you or hurt you. And therefore, it is biased towards the negative. One bad experience will be saved and memorized as a fearful experience, something to be afraid of it. It is called the one trial learning. I wish we could learn a lot of things like that, but it doesn't happen. Why? Because it has to be tied with a strong emotion. The things that are tied with a strong emotion, you will learn faster. And normally, again, we are biased to the negative. We can also have these memories by batches, meaning when something is repeated enough times, it's going to get engraved and it's going to be learned. It's going to be a memory linked to everything that is happening at that moment. Have you heard of the Pavlov effect? He did an experiment that was well, debatable with his dogs. From his observation, he predicted that if a particular stimulus was present when his dogs were given its food ration, then this stimulus will become associated with the food and cause salivation of its own. He was able to cause salivation by a sound by the ring that he was doing before giving the food. And there was a point where he realized the salivation started even without the ring, just by the person coming into the room to trigger the ring. And so he will trigger a physical response that was associated with something that happened at that moment. This is how powerful the effect we can have in anchoring things in our body. We can anchor our body to respond with fear, now talking about fear, to all sorts of things. And if not, remember all the phobias that I mentioned before. What is being studied more and more is that erasing a fear is not enough. We have to replace it with a positive experience that we can link to the traumatic one. But in the first place, how can we reduce that response to fear of something? According to the studies, according to the studies, when we tell the facts and the stories that we tell ourselves around the fact that causes us fear, that response diminishes and can lead the response to its extinction. In case of traumatic events and serious phobias, all this must be done please, with a specialist, a trained therapist, someone that can be with us, don't do this alone, please. If it has, if it's very traumatic, find a therapist, find someone that can be on your side on this journey. After working on that story cognitively, retelling several times the situation that causes us fear, then comes the second part, which is to replace it 
with a positive memory. Tell yourself a new positive story and relate it to the traumatic event. And this part is important. Tell yourself a new positive story and relate it to the traumatic event. And this part is important. It's like implanting a new memory on top of the other. And all these linking it to some reward system. The narrative, the stories, the things we tell ourselves cannot be underestimated as a tool to reconfigure our nervous system. The other important part is the social connection. Isolation aggravates any traumatic condition. The pandemic has increased the case of depressions, suicides, anxiety. We are social beings, having social relationships that we can trust have a neurochemical response in our body and help us decrease reactions to things that scare us. Another important part that is being studied scientifically and that other therapies are already working on is that humans are predisposed to inherit traumas, especially from the father. What does this mean? It's being seen that if the father or the mother, but more so the father, suffers some type of abuse, the offspring may have genetic changes which may cause a lower threshold to develop extreme fear of certain types of events. Not necessarily the same type that the father or the mother suffer, but they do have a greater sensitivity to respond to more fears and traumas or even to events that do not usually produce fear but do in these people. I think it's important to know, since there are people who seem more fearful and perhaps have a hereditary component. So what helps to reduce fears? This is really a very big topic, and I see it in the events that we participate in, how people bring so many types of fear. And I'm going to share some basic things, but I think it's important to know that at the bottom of many, many fears, the underlying thing is always not feeling enough. And Marisa Pierce talks a lot about this, and I see it in the events over and over and over again. There is the fear of not belonging. There is the fear of not being seen. Everything related with not being enough. We have to believe we are enough. We have to work in believing, in trusting, in feeling that we are enough. And that's going to take so many of our fears away. There are three fundamental things that indirectly affect our management of the situations that can cause fear or anxiety. And these things can help us, and they seem fundamental, they seem very obvious, but sometimes we forget that they really affect us. And one of them, the first, is sleep. Sleep affects the balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. That is, between the system that makes us flee and the one that makes us relax. And there has to be a balance. Too much of one, and we're running away from everything. Too much of the other one, and we're falling asleep and not doing anything or having no action. So it is a balance. The second one is good nutrition. And I'm not going to get deep into this, but we're going to make more episodes in the future about nutrition, about sleep. But this is also fundamental. Food affects our mood, and so it's going to affect how we deal with our fears, with our moods, with our depression, with our anxiety. It's an indirect effect that it has, but we have to take that into account. The third one is social relationships. We are social beings. We need social relationships. And it's proven over and over that social relationships can make us feel so much better. 
the good social relationships. So these three seem very fundamental, but don't forget about them when you're thinking about your fears, when you're thinking about your mood, your emotions, because they truly had an effect on us. Then also, Another tool is breathing to manage our fears. There are many types that help us relax. As long as the exhalation is longer, we relax. And there is one that we do naturally when we sleep and have too much CO2, which consists of a double inhalation through the nose and a long exhalation through the mouth. It sounds like this. You go through the nose and then through the mouth. And this is one that naturally you do, but you can also use it whenever you want to feel that you need to relax. We also have the energy tools, and of course, as an audio, I cannot explain a lot of them, uh, but one is the blow steam, the hand on the forehead, tapping, triple warmer. All of these are really useful for calming you, for activating the parasympathetic system and relaxing you. What are truths about fear? Fear will not go away as long as we continue to grow. The only way to get rid of the fear of doing something is to go and do it. Face your fears. The only way to feel good about yourself is to go and take action. Facing your fears is less scary than living with the underlying fear that comes from a feeling of powerlessness. There is a tool that someone close to me shared recently, and it is a question. When things get difficult, complicated, everything is seen as unattainable. And instead of taking everything too seriously, take it not so seriously, take smaller steps and ask yourself, I wonder what would happen if. I wonder if I can. I wonder, set your mind in the wonderland. Set your mind wondering what would happen if you took one small step. What would happen if you experienced one small thing? What would happen if you did that thing that you didn't think of before or you didn't think you could do? Wonder, and it will open your mind to doing things that you didn't think would have an effect, you didn't think that could have a result. You can see fear in some ways as a beautiful thing, a tool that is showing you a path where you have some growth, a path where you can try something to become more to expand your comfort zone. All changes have a toll that must be paid, and sometimes we refuse to pay that toll and take a longer route or even turn around. You cannot change without paying a toll. It goes hand in hand, and that means sometimes facing your fears. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're getting tremendous value out of this podcast. Please subscribe, share with family, with friends. If you think we deserve it, you can leave us five stars in Apple Podcast, and you can also leave us a review. For those of you who have been asking to help us at another level, we have an account at patreon.com forward slash change maker and there you can make a contribution at three different levels if you feel to do so. It will help us grow. And from here, from another parts of Spain, in Alicante, I send you lots of love, hugs, kisses to you, change maker. Todo el mundo está en la pista, los bailadores en la calle, y aquí te traigo mi